ShimmyCast episode 16. I'm your host, Anala Rabari, and this is a jam-packed episode. This week's article is on how to find music, and the review is of the Rough Guide to World Music book that can also help you find music. The music for this week's show is from Panacea and Maijo. And of course, we also have the usual answers to the question of the week and our news recap. And as some of you might remember, last week was the deadlines for submissions to the article contest. We will reveal the winners in a few weeks' time. We're trying to give the judges enough time to read the submission and uh, write some feedback for the authors on them. I hope that I will also be able to do a phone interview with the interview, or a phone interview with the winner. <laughs> Tripping over my words here as well, because I think that would be a lot of fun. And now on to answers to the question of the week. Arabella from Vermont sent in an answer to what is your favorite costume style and why? And she says, this is going to sound like a real cop out. But I treat belly dance styles and costume styles sort of like I watch football games. I'm in favor of whoever has the ball at the time. Using the belly dance superstars as examples that most people are or can get familiar with. I really love the tribal dancers costumes, especially Sharon Kahara's. I love her hair decorations and her use of antique jewelry. Then, when Rachel Bryce is on, I love hers. And then there's Ansuya, whose costume style I would describe as cabaret. And based on Salome's essays, I'd say it's probably mm, Turkish? I love Ansuya's costumes, and the costumes that Amar Gamal and Sonia wear too. I love it all. As for what I choose to wear, as opposed to look at... Part of what I love about doing belly dance is creating costumes, putting beads and sequins together, and making do with what I have around. I guess that puts me squarely in the American costume camp. Well, thanks for that email, Arabella, and I have to say, if that's a cop-out, then I'll be glad to be in the cop-out camp with you. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all so great. It's just hard to decide. Now on to the question, what prop have you found to be the most difficult to work with and how have you overcome it? And I'm going to answer uh, this question. I've had the most difficulty with zills and I think it's mostly because of my background as a musician. I've been playing an instrument of some kind or another since I was in the fifth grade and I've definitely got the mentality that you should be able to play an instrument properly before performing it in front of an audience. I've definitely got the practice, practice, practice discipline down. <laughs> right now, with the Zills, I suffer from the problem of not being able to do two things at once. <laughs> I can either play the Zills really well and my dancing begins to look really crappy, or I can dance really well and my playing sounds crappy. And of course, the more I practice, the better I'm going to get at doing both at the same time. And I know that. It's just I'm not always known to be the most patient person, especially when it comes to myself and something that I really want to do. So I'd say that's actually probably been the most difficult part about prop work is being patient with myself long enough to get it done. And now your ShimmyCast news. September 8th through the 10th, Azia at the Oasis in Centerville, Ohio. September 8th through 11th, Bahar Barum, Balkan and Middle Eastern Dance and Music Camp, Gold Coast Hinterland, Southeast Queensland, Australia. September 9th is the early bird registration deadline for the Tribal Fusion Weekend in Evergreen and Denver, Colorado, 
to be held on September 23rd and 24th, and there are several different packages available. September 9th and 10th, Las Vegas Belly Dance Intensive. This will be a fabulous two-day event filled with belly dance workshops, performances, dancing, shopping, and fun. September 10th, Sonia of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Seattle, Washington. September 10th, Belly Dance Workshop in Hofla with Autumn Ward in Frederick, Maryland. September 15th through 16th, Tribal Pura Workshop and Show in Lexington, Kentucky. September 15th through the 17th, Urban Tribal Workshop sponsored by Tribal Attitude in Spirey, Iowa. September 15th through 17th, Unveiled 2006 Workshop with Suhalia Salampur in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And September 16th, Sonia of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Portland, Oregon. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. A Rough Guide to World Music, Volume 1, Africa, Europe, and the Middle East, published by Rough Guides, reviewed by Anala Rubari. This book is organized in four parts. They are Europe, Middle East, Africa, and directories. There are a total of 87 articles covering roughly 71 countries. Some countries are covered by multiple articles. For instance, there is an article for Spain on flamenco music, and then there is an article on regional music. The articles in this book are chalked full of information, from the history behind instruments, to the structure of the music, to the way it is used in its region of origin. Each article then concludes with a discography section that covers compilations and then specific artists and their CDs. Part 4, which is the directory section, concludes the book with a listing of record labels and record shops. There are a ton of great photos, maps, and even more insert texts in each article. I only wish there were more photos or drawings of the instruments themselves. This is a truly great reference for anyone interested in world music. There is also a volume 2 that covers the Americas, Asia, and the Pacific. So if you're interested in world music and you need help knowing what to buy, this is a great reference. This week's first song is Rom's Dorato from the album Songs and Dance Music of Europe East and West by Panacea.
email and feedback. So there was a post on the message board that really caught my eye, and it reads, Hi all, and Nala, I like what you're doing with the podcast and all. I've only been dancing for two months, and I love it. I never thought I'd be belly dancing one day, and now I'm obsessed with it. It's my new passion. But one thing concerns me. I'm very skinny. If I ever perform, I'm scared that the audience will definitely be distracted by my oh-so-skinny waist. I don't want to be skinny, and I'm working on it. I'm probably the most skinny person who's ever attempted to belly dance. I'm even skinnier than Bryce. Don't worry, though. I'm totally healthy. I just have small bones. I know that my belly dance teacher had a little trouble getting used to looking at my thin waist. I guess my only option is to eat more. Too bad I'm not a big eater. So my question is, can I ever be a successful belly dancer? I'm a good dancer, by the way. Just too skinny. Keep up the great job. Psych spirit. Well... Let me tell you, I personally don't feel that there is any wrong body type for belly dancing. I truly believe that to be a successful belly dancer, you have to be a good dancer and you have to be able to relate to your audience. You have to be able to connect with them and entertain them. And that has no basis on what your body looks like. So get the phrase, I'm too skinny, out of your vocabulary right now. And that's not to say that there aren't certain aspects of our bodies that we aren't happy with. If there's a part of your body that you don't want to draw attention to, then get your audience to look at something else. If you don't want them to look at your waist, then there are costuming tricks that you can implement to draw their eyes somewhere else. What I like to do is list three aspects of myself that I like and that I do want the audience to notice. For you, perhaps it's your hands. Perhaps you have really graceful hand movements or maybe your hair or your eyes. You just need to figure out what you want the audience to pay attention to. And then I would suggest that you look at the Costume Goddess's website because she has great tips and tricks on how to camouflage areas of your body that you don't want to draw attention to and how to accent the parts of your body that you do want people to look at. Um, and if you're, if you're on the skinny side, you kind of have to decide... If you want to go for a slinky, sultry look, or if you want to try to give the illusion of having more of an hourglass curvy figure. And, I mean, there's nothing to say that you can't have two, you know, everybody has more than one costume. So maybe you have some slinky, sultry costumes, and then maybe you have some more costumes that give you a little curve. So definitely go check out her website. Um, she has, like I said, tons of hints as far as, you know, you can pad your bra a little to give you a, an illusion of a bigger bust that would draw people's attention there. Or you can pile on a lot of hip scarves and accent scarves and things like that that would maybe kind of help you pad out your waist a little more so it wouldn't necessarily look as skinny as you think it is. And our next email is from Kristen, and she writes, Anala, thank you so much for creating this podcast. I have been fascinated by belly dance for years now, but never had the courage to actually learn. My family is quite conservative, and my father still thinks of courtesans seducing sultans whenever he hears the word belly dance. I also had been hesitant to push the issue as I have self-confidence issues due to my beanpole figure. After listening to your podcast, I'm currently on number 13, 
and listening to the letters that other listeners send in, I have learned that belly dance is about accepting and feeling good about your body and celebrating the raw power that being female gives us. I now have the courage and factual information about the essence of belly dance to approach my dad about joining a class. Wish me luck and thank you once again for an excellent podcast, Kristen. Well, thank you so much for your letter, Kristen, and I do wish you luck. Um, you didn't mention how old you were in, in your letter, so um, I'm not entirely sure exactly what all kind of advice to give you as far as approaching your dad. I know I'm in my 20s and married and living on my own, you know, out on my own, away from my parents, and I didn't start dancing until after I was married and out on my own and my parents were still kind of like you're doing what <laughs> and I just I think that's the nature of parents they're always going to be concerned about their kids no matter how old their kids are and I can imagine that your dad is probably thinking my daughter is going to be out there and men are going to be ogling her and I don't want men ogling my daughter. So be patient with him. <laughs> and also, depending on your age, you might try to think of some negotiation that you can do with him. Um, perhaps if he's really concerned and really upset about it, you can say, you know, okay, I hear you, Dad. I hear your concern. And because of this concern, I tell you what, I will, for now, only wear balladies when I perform, which balladies are full-length dresses, so you wouldn't be showing your midriff off. And um, we sometimes have children perform with us. And I say children, I'm talking like, you know, 12 or under and we do not let children perform with us exposing their midriffs. The girl, little girls, we insist that they they do uh, wear balladies or like full-length shirts and skirts or something of that nature. Um, just because we are in a conservative area. So that might be something that you think about. Also, depending on your age, you might negotiate with him and say, you know what, if at this moment, if you're only 13 or so, you might say, okay, dad, I realize you're concerned about this. I'm 13 right now. How about I don't perform until I'm 15 or 16 or something like that? And that might help him put his mind to ease a little. If you kind of go with him and and you're respectful of his opinion and his conservative beliefs and try to meet him halfway. That might help you as far as talking to him about getting into classes and stuff. And I was so glad I got your letter because it's a beautiful example of why I decided to start the podcast. And I'm glad we've been able to help you. And it's really ironic that I got your letter this week. Because a few days ago, I was meeting with two ladies in our troop who are going to start teaching for the first time. And I was helping them to figure out a few ways to explain the difference between an everyday walk that you do, like when you're walking down the sidewalk, and a stage walk, which we kind of refer to a little bit as strutting. Um, and I was trying to help them figure out how to explain it to the students. And somewhere along the way, I just said to them, you know what, this move really isn't about, this move really isn't about walking. It's not about getting from point A to point B. The lesson in this move is to feel good about yourself and your body in whatever form it is in at the moment. It's about learning to love yourself and learning to accept what a beautiful person you are in this moment. And to show that beauty off to everybody around you. And that's what, you, you know, I told them that's what they need to make sure their students take away with them in every class. And so I hope, Kristen and Psych Spirit, 
that when you guys do go to class, that that is the lesson you get after every class. And you take that lesson home with you and you cherish it and you learn it well so that you will have it with you for the rest of your life. Okay. <laughs> At some point there, I think I got up on my soapbox. <laughs> And I hope you guys didn't turn me off out there and kind of freak out. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to go on. <laughs> but I think it's sometimes good for us to get serious and remind ourselves what blessings we can get from this art form as long as we're willing to accept them. Anyway, if you guys have any more feedback, you can send it to us at shimmycast at gmail.com or on our forum at shimmycast.blogspot.com. Uh, you can send us an audio. You just click there on the blog. Um, feel free to vote for us on Podcast Alley or Podcast Pickle. You can just click on the links again on the blog. Um, if you want to, leave reviews for us on iTunes. And, you know, sign up on the Frapper Map. There's a lot of people on the Frapper Map, and you can see where all they're from. <laughs> How to Find Music by Anala Rabari. Notes and Disclaimers I talk about several online and local stores. I mention those that I'm most familiar with and that are in my area. For instance, there isn't a Borders where I live, so I, for, I tend to forget about mentioning it. <laughs> you need to take the initiative to get familiar with all the music stores in your area, from the large chains to the mom-and-pop stores. Also, I mentioned some digital music stores online. I have not conducted business with all of the places I discuss. Some of the places I have merely used as a source of information. So you should exercise caution when deciding to conduct business with these places or other places that you may find on the internet. Try to ensure that these businesses follow copyright laws. Whether it's a local store or an online store, make sure you understand any guarantees, return policies, or exchange policies, and conduct business at your own risk. To find music, you have to know what to look for. Given that, I'd like to discuss search terms that might help you find what you want. The realm of possible search terms is too great for anyone to try to cover. So I'm going to talk about what search terms have been most useful to me in my quest to find music. Aside from the obvious term belly dance, there are a number of terms that might help you. For instance, Country names or geographic regions, such as Greece, Turkey, Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Middle East, Mediterranean, etc. Try using these terms in conjunction with styles of music you like. For example, Turkey and pop, or Turkish pop, will get you a result of Tarkan, who is a favorite artist amongst my troupe. You might want to try other search terms, such as gypsy, rom, nomad, belly dance as one word and two words, as well as belly dancing, oriental dance, guazi, rocks sharky, dance de vetre, Bollywood, bangara, etc. Also, it will serve you well to learn the names of some common instruments used in belly dance music to aid you in searching. I look for dumbek, oud, dudek, sitar, santar, nay, and zil, to name a few. You also want to try uh, different spelling combinations. For instance, rocks sharky. Search for it as R-A-K-S-S-H-A-R-K-I or 
R-A-Q-S-S-H-A-R-Q-I and try different combinations with the K's and the Q's. Um, that all has to do with trying to translate Arabic letters into English letters. And I could get into a more in-depth explanation of why that is if you guys want me to. But I'll do that in another article some other time. Let me know if you're interested in Arabic language, though. I can write an article about that sometime if you want. Also, learn some Middle Eastern music terms to search for as well, such as Taksim, Shiftateli, Maksum, Masmud, Malfouf, and Karsalam. Most of these are rhythm terms and will be explained in an article on Middle Eastern music structure another time. You want to carry a small notepad and writing utensil with you, as you never know when you will hear music you like, see a CD in a store that catches your eye, or have someone give you title recommendations, all of which you may want to research later. So how do you find recommendations? Number one, search troupe, dancer, and musician websites. I know my troupe website has a recommendation page of CDs, DVDs, and books, and I'm sure other troops and dancers do as well. Also check out if they have a repertoire list that gives you information to what music they're using. Again, my troupe does this, and we've even managed to link to the preview of songs from online music store websites, so you can hear 20 seconds or so of some of our songs. There is also now Belly Dance Radio on the Belly Dance Superstars website. It looks like most of the music is songs from the various CDs that they have put out, but this is a new feature on their website, and they will be adding more music. You also want to look for interviews from these artists that you respect because many times they will talk about the music and musicians they like to listen to and perform to. Number two, ask dancers and musicians in person. If you see someone perform and you like what you hear, ask them who they were dancing to or even the album and song title. If it's a musician, Ask them if it was an original song and if they have CDs. Also, if it's a fellow dancer or musician whose work you like, ask them who their favorite musicians or CDs are. Ask people what's on their iPod. I've never had a dancer refuse to give me information. If they ask you why you want to know, explain that you don't necessarily want to dance to that specific song, but you're just interested in hearing more from that CD title or that artist. Number three, online music stores. Search the terms discussed earlier in online stores that have customer reviews, such as iTunes or Amazon.com. I often first look for a song or CD I'm familiar with and read the reviews for it. I then find the reviews of that song that I agree with and I then look for other reviews written by that person. Because it obviously seems like we kind of have the same taste. Also look for the area that tells you that people who bought this CD also bought these other items. This is a pretty popular function in Amazon, along with their automated recommendations. And iTunes and Magnatune.com also have that feature. Number four, in stores. At several stores in my area, there is an employee recommendations area, whether it's for books, movies, or music. Take the time to look through this area and find an employee whose taste you seem to agree with. Hopefully, they will review a CD that catches your eye. If they haven't in a month or so, ask the store manager if they can ask the employee to review a CD for you. Number five, check the credits of DVDs and CDs. Whether it's your favorite exercise, performance, or movie DVD 
They all have music credits at the end. Look for your favorite song in the credits. You can often find out the song title, the CD title, the artist or composer's name, and even the record label. Armed with that information, you can then search the internet or go to your local music store. On CDs, look through the credits to find the names of musicians used and then see if they have their own CDs out. Also, think about compilations. Now, some compilations are terrible because they don't let you know who the artists are or what the original albums were that the songs came off of. However, those that include this information are awesome because you can get exposure to a number of different artists all at once. I found CDs from the Putumeo World Series and the Rough Guide Series to be extremely informative. Number six, music charts and awards. Try looking at Billboard music charts, Grammy nominees and winners from various years, or other institutions that give out music awards. The Grammy website is really easy to use, and you can search by genre, such as world, new age, or many other genres. The Billboard music site is harder to use, as you have to pay a subscription fee to get access to many of their charts. However, you can access some of their chart information and radio play charts at the iTunes Music Store. Or, you can go with lesser well-known charts and awards that may be easier to access. For instance, emusic.com runs its own chart system based on downloads, as does iTunes, magnatune.com, and other digital music retailers. You can search these charts by genre as well. Other lesser-known places are the New Age Reporter and the Podsafe Music Network. These places are great because they offer independent artists, so you can find music that not everyone is dancing to, which helps make your performance look more unique. They also have their own awards, bestsellers lists, and reviews to offer. Number seven, magazines and books. Look for music commentary books and magazines. These are really useful resources, such as the book Rough Guides World Music, which was reviewed earlier in the show, or NPR's Curious Listener's Guide to World Music. These often explain to you about the structure of the music, instruments used, as well as notable record labels, musicians, and their discographies, and notable albums in, the, in that field. To find these resources, search for the term Listener's Guide, Music Appreciation, or Musicology. Magazines of this nature often review and advertise numerous CDs throughout their volumes. Try looking for a reoccurring editor's picks section in newspapers and magazines. If you don't think that actually owning these books or having a subscription to these periodicals will be feasible for you, go see if your local library has them or if you can get them through interlibrary loan. Again, if your library doesn't have them, perhaps suggest to your library that they get some to add to their collection. Number 8. Celebrity Playlists and iMixes These are two features offered by iTunes. Now, iTunes has different music stores based on regions, such as North America, Australia, Japan, and Europe. From what I understand, they do this either because of differences in copyright laws between countries or in some cases, it's because the record companies have different subsidiaries for distribution in each region, and the music has to be licensed from the regional companies. And the reason why I'm explaining all this is some of these features may be different based on your region. I was unable to find out how these features may differ for this article because I only have access to the North American Music Store. <laughs> So I'm really sorry about that. So if there are listeners out there who can write in to help fill in the gap of information for this section, I'd really appreciate it. First, celebrity playlists. 
These are playlists that iTunes have that are put together by celebrities. They give information about why they like the song and what activities they like to do while listening to the song. Perhaps Shakira has a playlist. And my thought here was that perhaps the iTunes music store in Turkey would probably have a playlist from Tarkan, who's a Turkish pop star. However, U.S. customers can't access that information. So I think that this is where the belly dance community needs to step up and help each other out and post that information on message boards or somewhere so we can all have access to that information. Also, I was not able to find out how iTunes decides what celebrity playlists to publish. So you might be able to get a letter writing campaign together within your troupe to ask iTunes to get more world music artists to do playlists. Another idea would be to write letters to the belly dance superstars and ask them to post playlists on their website or other belly dancers that you've seen at workshops or just email them and say, hey, would you mind posting something on your website about what kind of music you listen to? iMixes. Now, iMixes are playlists that regular people like you and I can publish on iTunes. You can only add music available in the iTunes Music Store uh, to your list, and they are only available for a year. And there is now a ShimmyCast iMix available. This is music that I like that I thought you guys might be interested in. Now, this is another feature that I don't know if it will be available in other regional iTunes stores. I know the people in the North American store can have access to the ShimmyCast iMix, but I don't know if people in other regions will be able to access it. But I hope you will, and I hope that you guys will take advantage of this and put your own iMix lists up as well. Well, now that you know what to look for and where to get recommendations from, how do you know if you should buy it? The best way to know if you should buy it is to listen to it first. But how do you get to listen to a CD without buying it? Number one, online stores. Use online music stores such as iTunes, BarnesandNoble.com, Amazon.com, or Magnatune.com to listen to music before you buy it. Most of these places offer at least 60 seconds of each track. Magnatune.com lets you listen to entire albums before you buy it. Number two, check your local library. You may be surprised to find out that many libraries now have CDs and DVDs available for checkout. This is an excellent way to find CDs that you might want to add to your collection without hitting the pocketbook too hard. You can take the CD home, listen to it, and if you like it, buy your own copy. If not, at least all you've wasted is your time and not your money. Also, if there's a CD you're considering but you haven't been able to listen to it, ask your library to buy it for their collection. You shouldn't feel like you may be wasting your library's money if you don't like it, because chances are that even if you don't like it, there's probably somebody out there who would like it. Number three, borrow from friends. Ask your friends, particularly those with big CD collections, if you can look at their CDs and borrow any that pique your interest. Remember to offer to let them borrow your CDs as well. You should keep a list of the CDs you have listened to and make notes about what you did and didn't like. Number four, start a troop borrow party. Have everyone bring in a CD one class and swap the CDs for a week. Then at the next class, swap the CDs again until everyone has had a chance to listen to all the CDs in that round of borrowing. When everyone has had a chance to listen to those CDs, make sure they get back to their owner, and the next week everyone should bring in another CD from their collection. You might want to be sure to make a list of who owns each CD and who is borrowing it for that week. It will help keep you it would help 
It will help keep your CD from getting lost. And it will help you keep from repeating CDs. And if you need your CD back before the week is up, say your new solo is on it and you need it to rehearse, you will know who to call to get it back. Number five, have a listening party. Invite a small group of friends over to your house and host a listening party. You probably want to keep this narrowed to five people or so. Any more and you might burn out of listening to so much music in one night. Ask everyone to bring one CD and make note of two or three of their favorite songs off that CD. Have notepads and pencils for your guests. One by one, listen to the two to three favorite songs off the owner's CD. Maybe have them explain why they like this CD, why they like these songs. Have the guests write down the CD title, artists, and the tracks that they've listened to, and suggest that they come up with their own rating system to write down as well. They can then take the list home with them and decide if they want to pursue listening to more of any of those CDs. Number six, your local store. More music stores are starting to feature listening stations, and you should take advantage of this. I will note that your local store might not have every CD they stock available for preview, and sometimes the previews are really too short. Well, let me tell you some hints. Ask if there's any way you can listen to this CD. I've had luck with clerks being willing to open the CD and play it on the store's PA system. So again, it doesn't hurt to ask. Also, if you think the preview is too short, go back to the internet to listen to it there. Often, the previews are different spots in the music, so you get to essentially hear more of the song. Also, in stores like Barnes & Noble and Hastings, often the computer displays in the listening kiosks will include industry reviews of the CDs. Some final thoughts. Think outside of the box. Just because a song doesn't fall into the familiar preconceived notion of what is belly dance music, it doesn't mean that you can't dance to it. You should think about other dance forms and styles of music that you like. Don't be afraid to expand your horizons. Consider looking for music in the following genres. Any other dance forms and or folk music from your own culture. I recently saw a video of a young lady belly dancing to the dueling banjos, which is an Appalachian folk song. And it blew my mind away because that was one of the last songs I thought about belly dancing to. But it looked really awesome. Also consider gypsy music, bossa nova, rumba, cha-cha, tango, swing, electronic, new age, flamenco, Spanish guitar, world flute, African tribal drums, Cuban, Brazilian, Mayan, South American, pop, rap. Really, the possibilities are endless. I would also suggest you subscribe to the Rocks Radio podcast, as Arabella has found some great music for that show. And you should also try looking for other podcasts that might cover world music or more specific music that would be appropriate for dancing. I know Magnitude.com, where I get a lot of music for the show from, has just started a world music podcast. They have like four episodes out. I've listened to two of them. It's fantastic music. There's a great selection there. And I will be putting links to resources that I have suggested, like the music charts and magazine websites, in the article discussion section on the message board. So don't worry and think, oh, I didn't have a pencil to write that down. It'll be on the message board. And finally, when picking out music for yourself, trust your instinct. If you like the song, then that is the best reason to dance to it. A song doesn't have to stand up to anyone else's opinion of what may or may not be appropriate for you to dance to. And the fact that we all have different tastes when it comes to music is one of the awesome things about this dance form. 
Just imagine how boring the art form would be if we all started dancing to the same song or the same style of song. And also, if someone helps you find music, pass that help along. We were all beginners once confused by the vastness of the music selection out there. Do your part in the belly dance community. Try to remember to leave reviews at places like iTunes, Amazon, or dance message boards. Feel free to send me a review to read on the show. Make your own iMix at iTunes. Be a part of the dance community. Let your voice be heard. You never know when there might be a fellow dancer out there at the other end of a computer screen who could really use some of your guidance. So I hope you all enjoyed that article on how to find music and that it will help a lot of you to find music. And now it's time for next week's question. And since this entire show has been about music, well, we're going to have a question about music. And the question is, who is your favorite belly dance musician and why? And you know, if you have more than one, that's fine too. But this is a great chance to help your fellow dancers learn more about what kind of music is out there. So to answer, send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com. Or go to our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And finally, it's time for the second music pick of the week. This song is Orient from the album Fata Morgana by Maijo. I hope you all enjoy. And until next week, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on. <laughs>
thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycastgmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.